Hey, welcome everybody to Sunday Nights. Wow, I am finally here without a guest. It's been a while. We're actually going to be in Daniel chapter 12. And uh, listen, tonight and next Sunday, and next Sunday we'll finish Daniel chapter 12. And there's a lot here, and there's going to be a lot in the next one. I don't want you to miss any of that. In fact, in the next one, it's where we find out that the wise are the ones who understand what's going on in the last days. But again, I want to welcome all of you, no matter where you are watching in the world. It's four o'clock out here Sunday evening slash Sunday afternoon on the west coast of the United States of America. And also before we get going, I want to give a shout out to Lake Stevens uh, in uh, Washington, where we had our prophecy conference there last week, along with Pastor Kerry. Thank you so much. It was a blessed time. I loved being up there with all of you. Uh, Billy Crone was there, Eric Barger, myself, Pastor Kerry. Really, uh, what a fantastic time. What a great church. And uh, I was really blessed by the hospitality of everyone up there. And then also, if you haven't done so yet, I want to encourage you. A, a last Sunday evening's message, I did an interview with Olivier Melnick. And uh, fascinating. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go for it. Uh, listen, I, I had him give a family history, his testimony. Olivier is a Jewish believer. His grandfather had escaped from Russia during the pogroms. If you've ever seen Fiddler on the Roof, then you get the idea of what his grandfather was going through in the late 1800s. He escaped from Russia, went over to Paris, France, met his grandmother, got married, and the person who lived upstairs from them, uh, he turned him into the Nazis. And his grandfather was taken, and seven days after he was taken, he was killed in Auschwitz. The testimony is phenomenal. Uh, Olivier Melnick is a believer. You've seen him here many times. You can check out his information at newantisemitism.com. But I encourage you to go check out the video if you haven't done it from last Sunday night. And also like it and share it. Uh, you're going to be blessed. People you send it to are going to be blessed. But you're going to be very well informed also at the same time. Uh, but anyways, let's get going with tonight. Oh yeah, one last thing I forgot. We have a prophecy conference in June. June in Southern California in Huntington Beach. It is going to be terrific. I know that once the tickets are sold out, they are sold out. We have limited spaces, but you can go to hopeforourtimes.com slash events. And when you go there, you will see the event. It's going to be right there on the front. Uh, you can register for that event. Again, it's in Huntington Beach, California. <clears throat> I don't know how many more of these we're going to be able to do. California and New York both have these things they keep on wanting to shut us down over, um, especially if you're not vaccinated. But nevertheless, we have this conference. It's all set up, ready to go. Huntington Beach, California. Again, hopeforourtimes.com. That's my website, slash events, or just click on events. You can scroll through it, and you'll see events. You'll see an events block. Click on that, and it'll take you straight to the conference. It's coming again, as I mentioned. Uh, once it's sold out, it's sold out. But we have a lot of uh, different speakers that are going to be there. Uh, you'll be blessed. Okay, let's get going. Daniel chapter 12. And the title of my message for this evening is, When Is It Going to Happen? The reason for the title? Well, you're about to find out. Well, let's consider this. As we meet with Daniel in, here in chapter 12, picking up from where we were last time, we're going to meet two angels. And the angels ask a question that Daniel wanted to know the answer to also. In fact, it's a question that pretty much all of God's people have and want the answer to. The question in a nutshell, it was this. It's the title of the message. How long 
How much longer until it happens? How long will it take for the visions of Daniel to be fulfilled? The angels are going to have this question. Daniel himself has the question. Daniel says, although I heard, I did not understand. He wanted to know the answer to it. But we, we, have, the, we have the same questions. When is the rapture? When is it all going to go down? When does the tribulation begin? How much longer? Can you give me the date? Will it be this year? So let's get going and let's see what the Bible has to say. Uh, with that, remember where we were with Daniel. It's been a while since we've been in the book of Daniel, so I'll bring you up to speed real quick. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 tells us at that time, that would be at the time of the end, and this is specific to the visions that Daniel has during the second half of the tribulation period. So at that time, during the great tribulation, at that time, Michael, that'd be Michael the archangel, will stand up. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. In other words, Michael the archangel, who's the angel over the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble. Listen, here's the description. Such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered everyone who is found written in the book. So we looked at that in detail. We looked at the next few verses in detail also. If you forgot or if you didn't see that, just go back a few messages in the book of Daniel go, or go to Hope for Our Times. I'm guessing you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook. Go to HopeForOurTimes.com or perhaps on Rumble. Go to HopeForOurTimes.com. You can get the uh, book on Daniel there also. Then verse 4 after we get a little bit of the descriptions of what's going on, the unsaved and the saved, during the second half of the tribulation period, a time of trouble this world has never seen before, verse 4 said this, but you, this is the angel talking to Daniel, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Listen, I went into detail in verse 4 during that message. Many shall run to and fro. Ultimately, what this means, the primary understanding, they're going to be looking through the scriptures, trying to figure out what in the world is going on, and their knowledge of the last days is going to increase. That is the primary interpretation, the primary meaning and application of verse 4. But again, I went into detail. I talked about other things with technology and so forth in that passage or in that message. So you can go back, check that out. You'll get all of that information. Okay, uh, there. So now let's pick up from where we left off. Verse 5, the angel, or Daniel writes, then I, Daniel, I looked, and there stood two others, one on this river bank and one on the other river bank. What's he talking about? Two others. These are two angels, one on one river bank, side of the river bank, one on the other side of the river bank. He sees two angels. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? So this is the picture. You have an angel on each side of the river bank. And then there's another man, another person standing above the waters, clothed in linen in the middle of the river. Interesting. And they want to know. The angel says, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? What wonders? Talking about the visions Daniel had of the last days. Verse 7, Daniel writes, 
And then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things will be finished. Wow. A time, times and half a time. What is that? We're going to see in a few minutes. And the power of the holy people will be shattered. This is talking about the Jews. What is going on here? And then Daniel says this, Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, My Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Tell me how it's all going to finish. What's going to be the end? Will it finish well? I can tell you it's going to finish well. We're going to see just how well next time. But Daniel's trying to figure out, I, I, I heard but I didn't understand. And he said to me, Daniel, go your way, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. In other words, verse 9, Daniel, these visions and the understanding, you've seen them, but they are not for you to understand. The understanding of these prophecies, Daniel, it is for those who lived during that time. You don't need to know. This is a need-to-know basis. The people who are living in that day, they are going to need to know. Folks, I look at this. Man, it gives me goosebumps because I think I know what's coming next. We're not going to be there tonight. But Daniel is told, the wicked will see it. They won't understand. But the wise are going to tell what's going on in the world. They're going to have the book. They're going to search to and fro through the prophecy scriptures, the scriptures of prophecy, and they're going to get it. The wise will understand. Essentially, that's what the angel tells Daniel, or the man tells Daniel. Daniel's not for you to know. It is for those times, the times of the people at the end. During that time, the understanding of the book will be opened up to them. Okay, with all of that, let's break this down because this is indeed an exciting chapter. In verse 5, we see two, two angels standing on the banks of a river. As we previously saw in Daniel, from Daniel chapter 10 all the way through the end of chapter 12, Daniel is relating to us one long continuous vision that he has had, taking us from the days of his kingdom all the way through Jewish history, right up until the return of Jesus, which we will see next time, when he comes back and he establishes his millennial kingdom. But as the, as the vision began, way back in chapter 10, verse 4, if you go back there, you'll find that Daniel was standing at the Tigris River. So the river that's spoken of here, by Daniel is the Tigris. Again, according to verse 5, Daniel sees one angel on one side of the Tigris River and another angel on the other side of the Tigris River. And then in the middle, verse 6, we find out that there's a man that is clothed in linen standing above the water, either walking on the water or hovering just above it. So there's many teachers of Bible prophecy and specifically of this passage that believe that this man that's clothed in linen, that's standing above the waters of the Tigris River between the two angels is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the main reasons is because in verse six, the angels have to ask him, how 
long. How long is this going to go on? How long will these sufferings take uh, last for? How long will the tribulation be? It makes no sense that the angels would ask anyone other than God himself a question like that. If the angels don't know, why would the angels ask another angel? So the angels don't know. If the angels don't know and Daniel doesn't know, the only one who would know is God himself. Then in verse 7, this man says, look what he says here, how long will it be? He has his right hand and his left hand are both lifted to heaven. And it tells us here in verse 7, he swore by him who lives forever. Look at this. It shall be for, for how long? For a time, times, and half a time. So time is singular, be one, and then time. So that's plural. You would add two. So you got three now, and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Wow. For a time, times, and half a time. And then the people, the holy people are shattered. At the end of that shattering, it's all going to be done. So what is going on here? I can tell you because I've read ahead and I've studied this before, so I know. But the first thing we note here is, number one, it is a question. Question, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be. That's interesting. These wonders. Now remember uh, back in chapter 12, uh, verse 1, when Daniel has this vision, he sees Michael the archangel, who's the prince over the sons of your people, uh, the, the Israel. He says this, there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. So it's a time of trouble. So here it's called in verse 6, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? It's an interesting question. When the angel says, calls these wonders, why would you call these wonders? When I think of wonders, I am thinking of something marvelous, something miraculous, like, wow, this is incredible to see this, such as uh, Jesus healing the blind person. That would be a wonder. Uh, Jesus raising a dead person from the grave. That would be a wonder. But here in Daniel, the wonders, how long shall these wonders be? The wonders being spoken of are not miracles of good and pleasant things, but disastrous things. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it does if you think in the Old Testament. Here's an example. When Moses turned the Nile uh, to blood, the Nile River into blood, that was a miracle. Not good, but it was bad. When Moses sent the plagues of flies and frogs and hail and darkness, they were all miracles. But they were not good. They were, in fact, bad. In fact, the Bible even calls those Wonders. They were disastrous wonders. Exodus chapter 7, verse 3. God signs and wonders. This is what the Bible says there. Exodus chapter 7, verse 3. God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Look, it's right there. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Look in your own Bible. And I will multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. He's talking about the plagues and the destruction that he's going to bring upon Egypt. He says, these are my signs. These are my wonders. I want you to think of this. Folks, we live in amazing days. We live in Bible days. Prophets in the Old Testament wanted to understand 
the last days. Daniel says, although I heard, I did not understand. Tell me, the angels, they're there. They see the Lord. And they say, how, tell us how all, it's not making sense to us. Prophets wanted to understand. Angels wanted to understand. God says, this is for those to understand that are living in that day. Folks, we live in amazing days. Some people say, man, I wish I lived in Bible days. Dr. David Reagan has said that many times. Somebody came up to him once, one time and said, man, I wish I lived in Bible days. Says, what do you mean? You know, like those first century Christians, wish I lived in Bible days. Folks, we are living in Bible days. These are Bible days. These are remarkable days. These are amazing days. And you got to have the right perspective. A right perspective will help you out tremendously. Think of this. We all need a prophetic perspective on life. I want you to consider some things. Prophecy rightly understood will give us great encouragement. Whether it is difficult things that are taking place in a person's personal life or difficult things as they watch their nation go through all kinds of bad stuff. You can say that about many nations in the world right now. Or when you look at things that are taking place globally, uh, like we're looking right now, say, man, this stuff is messed up. So you look at these things, whether it be personal trials or national trials or global trials that are taking place, things that look disastrous. Listen, we all need a prophetic perspective on life. Right now, in the news this past week, we've been hearing of all kinds of Rumors of war. China is threatening Taiwan, and it appears to try and bring the United States into this battle, or whatever they're going to do. Or perhaps, more likely, China's going to invade Taiwan, and they think the Biden administration isn't going to be there to help Taiwan. I think that's probably going to happen. Russia is threatening to go to the Ukraine. Last number I heard, Russia is amassing 85,000 troops to take the Ukraine. Um, what's going to happen there? Will the United States get involved? I don't think the United States is going to do a thing. I don't, I don't think Biden has the spine or the stomach for it. Um, and, and I also look at it and I think of, wow, these people over in the Ukraine, the, the people over in Taiwan, uh, terrible threats that they are both having against them. I agree with my friend James Cadiz. I think what's going to happen with both Russia going to Ukraine, China going into Taiwan, very similar to Hitler when he took Austria. He's just going to annex it. They're going to say, like he annexed Austria, this is what they're going to do. No, this belongs to us, and this belongs to us. But we have these wars and rumors of wars that are taking, that are taking place that are huge. And this biggest rumor of war that we have right now, you know what it is? It's with, right here, the nation of Israel. That's right. And Iran. And what's going on with Iran? And you'll look at that. The threats going back and forth between Israel and Iran. Right now, Israel's Arab neighbors are saying, we are not looking to the United States to be this superior strength over here anymore because we have been abandoned. Uh, some are even saying leaders in the Arab nations have been betrayed by the Biden administration, and we are now looking to Israel to defend us against Iran. Iran is threatening with nukes, and look, it's just a matter of time before this thing does go nuclear. I know it's uh, just a matter of time before it gets that bad, just because of the way things are going to develop in Ezekiel chapter 38. How bad is it going to go in the immediate future? I do not know, but folks, it is going to go bad. So you look at that. If you have a prophetic perspective, 
it will encourage you because you're going to know no matter how bad things get, these things point to Jesus coming. Also, think of it this way. Because of coronavirus, I believe coronavirus was a setup or, or, or the, used as a setup for a great reset. Um, but we're told if you're not vaccinated, and now we're hearing you're not going to be able to travel. The travel restrictions are getting tighter and tighter and tighter. You're not going to be able to go to this country, not going to be able to go to that country. It's just a matter of time where something like this is likely going to happen within the United States, perhaps from state to state. You aren't going to be able to travel. And it could happen really fast, by the way. That's another reason we're having this prophecy conference in this June. I'm thinking, man, this window of opportunity is closing. It looks like it's closing to be able to move as freely as we'd want to move. We're hearing mm, it's just a matter of time before you're not going to be able to go to certain types of markets. That's going to limit whether or not you can buy or sell. So we start looking at this. We look at what's going on with Iran and Israel, what's going on with Russia. We look what's going on with China. We look at all of the rhetoric we're hearing that you're not going to be able to travel. You're not going to be able to buy or sell. Listen, all of these things are going to have their fulfillment in the tribulation period. I believe we're just being set up and the the people of the world have been moved over closer and closer to receiving the mark of the beast. Listen, I don't believe the vaccination is the mark of the beast, but that day is coming when people are going to be told you're not going to be able to travel. You're not going to be able to buy or sell. You're not going to be able to do anything unless you receive the mark of the beast. So we hear those things. And then I got this from a friend of mine just the other day uh, here in Southern California. He uh, apparently was going to go to Staples Center. I don't know if it was for a basketball, the Lakers. That's uh, the uh, venue that the Los Angeles Lakers play at. I don't know if he's going for that or a concert or what he was just looking into. But he went on to the Staples Center's um, website and he sent me what came up. So he's not going to go. Uh, Staples Center safe health and safety guidelines for Staples Center and keep Staples Center safe. Go to our website. So we did. So this is what you have. I doubt you can see this on your monitor, uh, but uh, I can see it on mine. If you, uh, listen, you go to Staples Center and check it out. But here at the top, what do you got to do to be able to go to Staples Center if you want to watch a concert or a basketball game or something else like that? You have to have a health verification, even as a vaccination picture on it. You got to wear your face coverings. You got to socially distance six feet. Um, no smoking, by the way, there. I don't know. Can you see that one? No smoking, um, no bags. So they're still worried about smokers and terrorists. That's good. Um, and then everything is going to be mobile ordering for food, mobile ticketing and entry uh, process. Everything is going cashless. Can you see that one? Cashless. So you look at this and you go, man, we are being so set up for the direction that, that everything has to go according to the Bible. And the world is just moving in mass going, yeah, this is all good. So you look at all of these things. I look at the prophecies that we read about in Daniel chapter 12 and throughout the Bible. And I'm thinking, man, we need to be ready. And when we have a prophetic perspective on life, this is what it does. It strengthens us. It encourages us. It reminds us that Jesus is coming. It reminds us that everything is going exactly as the Bible says it would. Therefore, we have great hope. There are some folks that say, well, 
Tom, you're just an escapist. You prophecy people. Uh, you're just an escapist. You just want to get out of here. Uh, that's why you smile. No, I, I, I smile because I know what the end is. I know Jesus is coming. I know where my home is. So regardless, I'm saying, man, I, I, I know that this is going to finish really, really good. But they say, you're just an escapist. You probably teach on the rapture and that sort of thing. You just want to escape this world. I say, that's okay by me because Jesus even agrees with me. You want to know what Jesus said? about this? Luke chapter 21 in the Olivet Discourse, Jesus said this, watch therefore and pray always, look at this, Jesus' own words, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Listen, I say hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm looking forward. I have that blessed hope of going home with the Lord. I hope that you do also. But So again, when I look at the world events, and then I have the prophetic perspective, and then I realize that Daniel is told, hey, these words are sealed up until the time of the end, guess what? That gives me great hope, because I know this is for us and for those who are coming after us, even during the tribulation period. Listen, I believe there is a healthy balance. I hope for the rapture. I hope that Jesus might come tonight. That would be awesome. Not tonight, then maybe tonight tomorrow, but I'm also prepared to live in this world. What if we're here for 10 more years? If we're here for 10 more years, guess what? The way things are going, I believe persecution is going to increase greatly against the believer. So I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be ready. And I understand, regardless, Jesus is going to call me home in his perfect timing. So I am preparing my mind. I prepare my family as much as I can and say, you know what? We better just be ready to hunker down. Jesus, come tonight. That would be great. If not, may I be wise and be prepared. But here's a much bigger problem than being prophetically minded. It's not being prophetically minded. Here's the big problem for the Christian who's not prophetically minded. They end up loving this world too much. So they don't want to hear about the Bible prophecies. They don't want to be reminded that Jesus is coming again. That's a huge problem. Think of this. Before coronavirus, go all the way back to 2019 and 2018. I used to get invited to churches all the time to come and speak on Bible prophecy. Uh, people were excited to hear about it. Then coronavirus hit in 2020, and here we are in 2021. Those same churches don't want me back. And I believe it's real simple. They don't want my colleagues back. I believe it's real simple. They liked Bible prophecy when it was theory. But as it became more reality, they don't want to hear it anymore. They're, they just, they're not interested. It's too scary for them. Listen, but when you understand it, just as... We should. God wants us to understand. He gives us to it to understand. Daniel wanted to understand it. The, 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 the angel told him it's not, or the man told him, Jesus told him, it's not for you to understand, Daniel. This is for those at the time of the end. The wise will see it and the wise will understand. And I know this, the Bible tells me that there is a crown, a reward for all this, all those, all of his people who love his appearing. Do you love his appearing? Man, we live in exciting days. We live in Bible days. We get encouragement, we get strength, and we get hope when we are minded about these things. So number one, we have a question. Number two, we have an answer. Look again at the question from the angels. How long, 
This is what the question is. Will the fulfillment of these wonders be? How long will the miracles of these disasters? Because this, again, it's a time of trouble that has never come on the earth before. Talking about the second half of the tribulation. How long will the fulfillment of these disasters be upon this world? They're not asking Daniel how much longer uh, or Daniel's not asking, the angels aren't asking how much longer from now until Jesus comes back, because this is, how long ago did Daniel write this? 2,500 years ago, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, 2,550 years ago. So how long ago did Daniel write it? They're not asking him, will it be another 2,500 years? But once it begins, how long will it last? How long, in other words, if I were to put it literally, how long will the plagues of the great tribulation last? Again, the answer Jesus gives, verse 7, it will be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, and then it will all be finished. What do we know from this? A, it will be bad. Um, first of all. It will be bad. Uh, verse 1 tells us it's going to be bad, a time of trouble this world has never seen before. Here, verse 7, the power of the holy people is going to be shattered. After the, after the power of the Jews has been shattered, then it's all going to be finished. By the way, this is about their redemption. Judgment is coming to this world. And the judgment is to shake up the world and wake up a people. God is drawing his people back, back to him. Excuse me. But how long is it going to be? That was the question. How long will the plagues of tribulation last? It, this man, or Jesus, I believe it's Jesus here, says it will last for a time, times, and half a time. Uh, this is a three and a half year period. How do we know that? Because we find this phraseology given in various places in the Bible, speaking of the prophecies of the same time period. And also, we're not just given the phraseology time, times, and half a time, but also we're giving the exact amount of days and the exact amount of months, which turns out to be three and one half years. A time would be one year, times would be two years, so it's one year plus two years, three years, and a half a time, that'd be three and a half years. Again, how do we know? It's been repeated in the Bible. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, it says time, times, and half a time. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, it's the same time frame. And that describes the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation when Antichrist breaks his covenant with Israel. Daniel chapter 12, uh, verse 7, the, it's the time referred to uh, right here uh, in, in uh, verse 1. It, it's the time of trouble this world has never seen before. Here in verse 7, time, times, and half a time. And then you look at this, Revelation chapter 11, verse 2. It describes it as the period that the holy city will be tread by the Gentiles. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 2, it is very specific to a period of 1,000 260 days. Guess what that is on a 30-day calendar? That's three and a half years, aka 42 months. Uh, by the way, you can pause this in, uh, later and you can take a picture of this uh, on the video so you have it so you can go back over it. Uh, then Revelation chapter 11 verse 3 describes it as the period, uh, as the period, excuse me, of ministry for the two witnesses. And there it's listed as 
1,260 days. Revelation chapter 12, verse 6 and Revelation chapter 12, verse 14 describe it as the period that Israel is preserved in the wilderness. How long? Verse 6, 1,260 days. And verse 14, uh, there we have a period of time, times, and half a time. Uh, so we have it there. Revelation chapter 13, verse 5 describes it as the duration of Antichrist rule and persecution as being 42 months. By the way, uh, again, the Antichrist duration and rule, 42 months, three and a half years. People seem to think the Antichrist is going to be living forever. No, he's not. He's going to have the shortest lived kingdom on the, in the history of this world. It'll be the biggest. It's going to be this global kingdom, but it's only going to last. The power of it, where he demands that he's worshipped as God, is only going to last for three and a half years. The second half of the tribulation period. So again, check that out, and you say, wow, that is fascinating. So we know that this period is three and a half years. Look at everything that's going on. The prophecies are gonna, of Daniel are going to be fulfilled. I look at the world events that are taking place right now. Folks, we need to be ready. We need to be prophecy-minded. The wise will see it, and the wise will understand. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be strengthened because you're going to understand these things. Now, with that... Um, it also, it will be bad, but it will be finished. Again, here in verse 7, the power of the holy people will be completely shattered, and then all these things will be finished. Listen, at the end, Jesus is coming back. Let me tell you how, how this is going to um, work out. The people of Israel, the Jews, are going to be crushed as everything draws to an end. But God is doing it because he's turning their hearts to him. Listen, when life is good, you don't really turn to the Lord. When life gets difficult, people start turning to the Lord. That's what's going to happen with Israel. God is going to turn their hearts to him. But at that time, after they have been shattered and crushed and devastated, the Messiah upon whom they will turn to at the end, will return to rescue them. Here's how it works out. During the final three and a half years of the tribulation period, all the world is going to hate Israel, and certainly we're on the edge of that cliff today. It looks to me like uh, uh, Joe Biden hates Israel, certainly his administration does. You look at Congress, many in Congress in the United States of America seem to hate Israel. You look at many other nations in the world, I know there's people from all over the world that watch this on Sunday nights. And you look at your own country, many countries just hate Israel, many people just hate Israel. It's this constant spin. Right now, I already quoted, you have these Arab communities that are surrounding Israel that have found Israel is their best friend because they got a problem with Iran. But Zechariah chapter 12 tells us that all the world is going to turn against Zion, against Israel, against Jerusalem. Um, fortunately, the shattering of the Jews in Israel is only going to last for three and a half years, 1,260 days. 42 months, or, it says here, time, times, and half of a time. In fact, Jesus said of those three and a half years in reference to those days being so bad, that in Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, Jesus said this, unless those days were shortened, no flesh could be saved. Of these days, 
The Bible says that when all the people of the world are gathered against Jerusalem to wipe his people off the face of the earth. Again, if you look at Daniel, what is this? Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. There shall be a time of trouble such as there never was since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time, your people will be delivered. He's talking about the Jewish people. So again, chapter 12 is very specific to the Jewish people and the people of Israel. But your people will be delivered. Chapter 12, verse 1. How's that going to happen? God tells us when all of the world is against Israel, seeking to destroy Israel. And destroy the Jews. God says this, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 9. It shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. I want you to think of this. It's in Matthew chapter 23. Jesus had been talking to the Pharisees. He'd been talking to the various leaders of the nation of Israel there in Jerusalem. And he tells them, he tells them there in Jerusalem, he says, listen, he says, you've been hypocrites. Your ancestors, they killed all the prophets. And this is just before he gives the Olivet Discourse, Matthew chapter 24, just before he goes to the cross too. And then he says at the end of, verse, uh, of chapter 23, he says this, you seek to kill the prophets. And he said, here's the thing, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What happened? Just a day or so before this, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and the people were crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The religious leader said, tell the people to shut their mouths. What did Jesus say? If I tell them to shut their mouths, the rocks will cry out. Okay, so here it is probably the next day, Jesus looks at the religious leaders and he's, he's saying, you will say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You will say, Hosanna. That day is going to come. He's talking about their descendants, the Jewish descendants. So he said, again, Matthew chapter 23, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a prophecy of Jesus. You will see me again. At that day, when you cry out to me, Hosanna. Uh, in, in, in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, the Bible says, blindness in part has happened to Israel. What did you say in Matthew chapter 23? You will not see me again until you say, right? Okay. Romans chapter 11, verse 25, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the time of the Gentiles is full, and then all Israel will be saved. That is what is going on here. When the holy people are shattered, and then it will be finished, this is how it's going to go down. Jesus is going to destroy all the nations that come against Israel, and the people will be crying out at the end of the tribulation, rescue us, Jesus. Antichrist is going to sit in the temple, demand to be worshipped as God, and they're going to realize this guy's a false messiah, and then he's going to start his radical persecution of the Jews. And many of the Jews are going to escape to Petra. But this is what's going to happen during that three and a half years. It's going to be like that. It's going to get ugly, and they're going to cry out, Lord, come. And you know what's going to happen? Out of the sky, over Megiddo, Jesus is coming over the Jezreel Valley. He's going to be riding on his white horse. We're going to be coming with him. He's going to come down. Here I am to rescue you. You've cried out, Hosanna. You've cried out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It is a glorious day. Wow. But what's going to happen? Jesus has to get them to that point of being completely 
surrendered. It's a reminder. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And the Lord, they're going to learn that. They're learning that. The Lord will fight for his people. David wrote in Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. And it will happen. And they will turn to the Lord. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, the Bible tells us, In that day, God says, I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look upon me whom they have pierced. Final thing. So we have a question, we have an answer, and we have the prophecy. Again, I heard, I did not understand. Lord, what shall the end of these things be? Go your way, Daniel. These things are sealed up for those who are living at the time of the end. Wow. Put this together. Right now, Israel has been gathered in unbelief. They're a secular nation. God is saying, you're going to be a godly nation. You are going to turn to me. Many years ago, I had this opportunity. We're almost done, probably about three more minutes. I had this opportunity to interview a former ambassador to the UN from Israel. And I was in Jerusalem and I was riding up. We set up a studio in one of the hotel rooms and uh, he was riding up with me in the, in the uh, a very nice gentleman. Still get emails from him. And uh, we we're riding up in the elevator together. And he looked at me and he said, this isn't going to be a religious interview, is it? And in this case, it wasn't. I was asking him about geopolitical things. And he said, because I'm not a religious man. I said, oh, yeah, I'm in Jerusalem. So I said, oh, I said, so um, do you celebrate Shabbat? Yes, celebrate Shabbat. Sabbath, you celebrate the feast days, Passover and so forth. Absolutely celebrate all of those days. He celebrates all the he celebrates all of the festivals. He celebrates the Sabbath, the Shabbat. He celebrates all those things, but he says, I'm not, a re- I'm not a religious man. In other words, I don't know God. I just, I do those things because I am Jewish. So that describes many Jews who are gathered back to Israel right now. But the day is coming when they are going to turn to the Lord and they are going to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And by the way, just keep this in mind. When we look to the Bible and we have Bible under uh, Bible prophecy and we have the understanding of Bible prophecy, um, we're gathering better and better understanding all the time. The more you go through the Bible, the more things are making sense, the more you go, okay, I can see these things being set up. Listen, the ultimate fulfillment of all Bible prophecy doesn't happen until the tribulation period and even many into the millennial kingdom, but we can see them. Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 21, verse 28, when you see these things begin to take place, look up and lift up your heads with expectant joy because your redemption draws near. But the greatest understanding of all these Bible prophecies are going to be to these Jews who are awakened during the tribulation period. They're going to pick up the Bible and they're going to have an understanding that even I and my colleagues do not yet have. They're going to go, this means this, that means that, this means this, that means that. You want to know what else happens during the tribulation? Right in the beginning, right after the rapture, 
right after Antichrist confirms the covenant, 144,000 Jews are saved, 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes of Jacob, 12,000 virgins out of each tribe. They are men. Listen, they're going to have a great understanding of the world. They're going to be like 144,000 Apostle Pauls proclaiming the gospel. Listen, there is good news that is coming to Israel. But before then, there's going to be some bad news. But the end is very good. Listen, thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, listen, it's been a blessing. Listen, next Sunday, next Sunday evening, Lord willing, I don't see, I don't have any interview set up for next Sunday evening. I'm looking forward to finishing the book of Daniel with you. So I know I've been getting emails from people saying, when are you going to finish it? So next Sunday night, April 25th, looking forward to finishing the book of Daniel. It is an exciting passage. Lots of questions at the very end of the book of Daniel that don't make sense to anybody. I'm going to try and help them to make sense to all of us. Listen again, thank you for joining me from wherever you are watching in the world. God bless you guys again. If uh, you want to go to the Prophecy Conference in Huntington Beach, fabulous location right on the water, uh, go to HopeForOurTimes.com and click on events. You'll get the info there. You'll see it right on the front. It is going to be fabulous. I hope the Meet you. I hope to see you there. Listen, until next time, uh, God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope for Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.